thank you so much for joining me here on the High Ground Podcast. I am super stoked. Uh, we are talking Attack of the Clones this week, um, and it is it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm I'm excited. I, I know it's not a lot of people's favorite Star Wars movie, but there is certainly some joy. Uh, there's there's a lot of joy to be had. So um, this you know. Second movie, I kind of want us to, to start by going around and uh, have you introduce yourself and then kind of like, you know, do you remember seeing it for the first time and kind of give us a, a walkthrough of how it was, how it felt, how you enjoyed it, if you enjoyed it. And uh, I like to do start clockwise. And for me, that's uh, Connor is up first. So what do you think? All right. Yeah. So, so I'm Connor. Um, I actually do not remember seeing the movie because... I'm 21 right now, and I was uh, I was like four years old when the movie came out. <laughs> so um, I basically grew up with the prequel movies, and um, yeah, so I love it. I'm kind of biased. Everything about it, I grew up with like the Lego Star Wars games, go running through Geonosis in, in the arena. So so I'm biased. I I, I like the movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nice, uh, Kevin. I I remember seeing it for the first time but I don't remember much. Like, I don't remember what I thought about it because I know that I saw it in theaters. I went with uh, my, my dad and my brother. Uh, most of you know my brother, Budget Jason Statham, Craig. But he, uh, yeah, him and I and my dad went and saw it in theaters. And I remember I loved it. I was enthralled by all of the colors, the action, the CGI that was as good as I had seen for that era. A lot of people knock on the CGI, but for the time that they had, it was... It was ahead of its time in its own right. Yeah. And I remember seeing it and I was, I remember being like thrilled by it, but I, I don't remember actually remembering or comprehending anything that actually happened. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I remember, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I got to see it in theaters. So that was cool. And I was, let's see here. See, I'm 32. So I was, I was old enough to remember, but not old enough to retain the memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Mary Lou? Uh, yes. Hi, I'm Mary Lou. Connor, I don't know if I've formally met you yet. It's very nice to meet no, you. No, yes. Very nice to meet you. Hi. Um, so despite this movie being probably my least favorite episode, I guess, which like isn't saying much. I, It's like you know, pick which piece of candy is your favorite in this bag of Skittles. It's like, oh, they're all kind of like, I love them all. <laughs> um, but I have a very special relationship with this movie, actually. So, and I've talked about this before on my on my page, but so I was 12 when it came out, um, 30, almost 31 now. And my, um, my, so I was 12, my brother was 17. So I wasn't working yet but he was working. So he had, but like, what does a 17 year old like need money for? So like, you know, real other than just like hanging out Chicks, with friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a girl on a date. Uh, but instead of taking a girl on a date, he took his little sister to see attack of the clones like 12 times. We, <laughs> we, because we had nothing to do. It was like a really special summer. Respect. I wasn't working. Yeah. I mean, I was 12. I wasn't working yet. I got my first job at 14 and, um, and, you know, and he, uh, you know, wasn't, you know, was only working part-time. We had a lot of time to burn. So every other day he was like, do you want to go see a matinee? Do you want to go see a matinee? So we'd go and I have just 
this, every time I Star Attack the Clones, like, I can feel, like, the movie theater air conditioning, <laughs> like, just hitting me. Um, I can taste and smell the popcorn. It just has a very, like, visceral effect on me. Um, like, the seismic charger sound is so, oh, yeah. it's so iconic. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, so I love this movie. It's, it's a mess <laughs> but, <laughs> I love this movie and um so I have a very special relationship with it so I'm really excited to talk about it today awesome all right so it sounds like uh I mean you know Connor you're you're the the, the baby of this podcast yep. but it sounds like um Mary Lou Kevin and I are roughly the same age so it it'll all be kind of similar feels again I, I don't actually remember the experience of going to see this but uh, first of all, I loved it when I saw it. I, I, I loved it. And actually, when I rewatched it, um, kind of before this, um, I remember the dialogue being, you know, cringy, but it actually wasn't nearly as bad as I remembered it when I rewatched it. And the the sad part is, you know, because I'm, I'm also, I'm 32, I think. Uh, 87 yeah I'm <laughs> 32 um, I don't think about that often but um, I watch it and I remember that I would have said stuff like that <laughs> you know right. like 12 13 years old never had a relationship or like understand what's going on or how to talk to women or anything like that it, I don't know it kind of tracks um, also there is a it, this was, you know, what is this, the second longest Star Wars movie? Uh, so it does kind of drag in parts, but, you know, there's a lot of, there, seeing as a kid, there's a lot of action. And um, I was one of the people that loved seeing Yoda fight. Um, so sue me, you know, whatever. I don't think it's out of character at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, how, how about. Uh, how about you guys? Any specific like favorite moments or favorite characters? I'm actually gonna start with Kevin this time. And right now you're you're quiet. I can't hear you. Oh no. Okay, there we go. Can you hear me now? Okay, yes. good. I didn't. Okay, I figured out if I touch the button on this side here, it'll mute it, and then I can touch it and turn it back <laughs> off. Neat. Learn new things every day. Love technology. Uh, but um, I think my some of my favorite moments were probably just starting to see the the combination of brotherly love and utter distrust between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Like you could start to see their very complicated relationship. And I, I, I thought that was something that was done very well. You know, you could see that Anakin was super frustrated with him, but he super respected him. And it was like, it was just this back and forth of, the, the, the pull to the light and the pull to the dark building yeah. up inside Anakin. So I, I you know, it, it was done a little rapidly and a little choppy at times, but it's still, I don't think it was enough to make it a bad experience or a bad film in that regard. It, it may have been a little bit of a head turner every once in a while. <laughs> just, you're going this way, now you're going that way. But it set up what we needed. And to be completely honest, after, I think re-watching it, after watching the Clone Wars oh. has made that movie a thousand times better because there's more context to be put in there now. So it feels more natural now that you know some more behind the scenes events that were happening 
directly after that. Like, it just, The Clone Wars fixed a lot of stuff with the prequels in general, but I think that film actually became a lot better because seeing the creation of these clones that you eventually got to spend time with and learn to love makes that movie worth loving. So that's, oh, yeah. that's my two cents. Absolutely. And how about you, Marilou? Um, the, the things that I liked in this movie, I, I love it. I mean, I love it. I love it. Um, I, I mean, I was 12 years old, so I did love the romance. I did. Um, Hayden Christensen is a very attractive young man. You know, I, yeah, you know, he was like, oh, he's so cute. He's so dreamy. Um, I also totally fell in love with Padme in this movie. I, I had still have such a huge crush on her and, um, and it was cool to see a, a female, a, a female character in Star Wars that she's similar to Leia in some ways, but she's also, there's a lot of differences there. And, um, and I really liked uh, her, like, okay, so there's, like, the running joke in the prequels that, like, oh, why would, who cares about politics? Like, why would anyone care about the politics in Star Wars? And I'm like, I, I care. <laughs> I, I thought it was so interesting as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I love this. This is so compelling and fun. Um, and the prequels, uh, there's something about every trilogy that I love unique to that trilogy. And for the prequels, it's the setting. I love the setting. I think the setting is so cool. I think it's so different. Um, the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy, you know, it's kind of the same setting. It's, all right, scrappy rebels fighting against this big machine. Um, and the sequels just have this, or the prequels just have this very unique atmosphere about them that's really cool. Um, and I liked seeing, I mean, Ewan McGregor's fantastic, of course. Um, and, and while, like, I'm so torn on the whole, and Count Dooku, who I used to not like, like, wasn't a fan of, I now love that character. So that's cool to see, like, where I was at one point watching this film and kind of interacting with these characters and where I am now. Um, in terms of the fight with Yoda, I'm so torn on it because, like, you know, my intellectual brain is like no (laughs) no he like this isn't this isn't right but then but then my star wars brain is like "Eh, who cares like it's fun just let them have fun um so yeah there's so much like every five minutes i'm smiling like there's something pulling me back in (laughs) even when the movie is kind of slowing down so yeah Oh, that's that's awesome. No, I I uh, and I, I recently put up a post that was just, you know, it was just um, Dave Filoni talking about Star Wars, where he said, you know, hey, this it, it is it is made made for kids, and sometimes you know there can be problems if you're uh, holding certain things in too high of regard. And so, yeah. this prequel trilogy, this is this is my childhood, right? Yeah, Star Wars is made for twelve year olds. It's made for Preteens, of course, it's a family thing, but mm-hmm. um, it helps you, you know, it helps uh, you understand the world that that you live in, and that's that's why I, I love it. And especially what you said about Dooku is just perfect because <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like when you're little and you identify with SpongeBob, and then you grow up and you identify with Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's, it's it's, it's kind of similar to that. 
Um, but uh, for me, I loved the the adventure of this because uh, there are certain movies where when you're watching it, you the, the movie is telegraphing where it's going to go. That doesn't happen in this movie at all. Um, and I always, even when I was little, the diner scene with Dexter Jetster was just it's just solid like he looks at this thing and he's like he's a weird dirty diner owner <laughs> and, and he sits down and he's like oh yeah it's a it's a toxic dart from the Kaminan cloners uh out past the the rim and you're like who is this guy what? first of all <laughs> this is some type of star wars witness protection program and like he's seen <laughs> He's seen some stuff, you know, like in his day, for sure. Um, but yeah, I I was just, I don't know, I, I loved it, loved the ad- adventure of it. And um, also, I, you know, I was struck by, by kind of how, how badass Padme was uh, in this. Uh, this. One of the scenes that like really hit me with, with how bad she was, was uh, at the end when... She gets knocked out of the gunship. She falls out yeah. of a, a freaking ship. Yeah. Hits the ground with a clone. Clone's like, hey, let's get you back to base. And she's like, what? We got to take that hangar. <laughs> Who, what are you talking about? Yeah. She's like, I, first of all, she's never seen any clone before. This is the first like incident of this war. She has no idea what's going on. But she's like, no, man. <laughs> you got a job to do let's go do it and even once dooku escapes she just starts shooting at a ship like she's Mm -hmm. she's all business all the time and it's i don't know uh she she kind of um and and i hate to say this for og fans but she kind of outlays leia and being that she embodies more princess queen than leia did also kind of embodies more badass too I, i i don't know a lot uh, of people feel that way, yeah. 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 Uh, Connor? I'd, I'd say the action does it for me in this movie because, like, as I said, like, I was super little when I first saw this movie, and you're just looking at all the lightsabers in the arena and all the guns and every all the clones are flying in, and it still captivates me to this day. Like, I just, today, I rewatched the movie, and when Yoda comes flying in on that ship, it's it's one of my favorite moments in the whole movie. But, um... And people people say things about the dialogue, but like he's an awkward Anakin is an awkward dude. Um, so he's he's waited ten years to talk to Padme. Uh, I'm giving him the, the benefit of the doubt for sure. Also, I mean, he doesn't have any like boys. Like, what do I say to her? Yeah, <laughs> you, right. you know, like what? Uh, yeah, I I, I agree a hundred percent. There's no like teen Jedi monthly that like, <laughs> like where he can read. Yeah, not that they would give girl advice anyway, but you know. <laughs> right, right. Because that's a no-no. What, what, what? Let, let's be real. If anybody gave him the talk, it was Obi-Wan. And if Obi-Wan gave him the talk, we know that didn't go well. So, yeah, it makes sense he was awkward. <laughs> Although, I would pay money to watch Mace Windu give him the talk. That would be the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, uh, let me see here. All right, so let's actually jump into the, the movie itself, right? We got the first act, 
uh, where where they, they show up. There's the assassination attempt. You know, we get to see uh, Palpatine doing his thing for the first time. We actually see him is a person that suggests that they do it. Like, he was hooking up Anakin. Like, Palpatine was the homeboy. It was like, you know. <laughs> you seen this? Uh... Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was the wingman. <laughs> He's 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 pipping. I'm over gonna there. try to kill this lady, and then you swoop in. No, but, uh, so we got that assassination attempt, the chase scene, uh, the death sticks. Right, we got uh, Dexter Jester. Uh, we Bye-bye, also some death sticks. <laughs> yeah, uh, we actually get a decent want to look go at home and rethink your life. <laughs> I want to go home and rethink my life. The scene, even as a kid, I was like, that's not how it is. Like, yeah. Isn't that dude's name, like, Scumbagu? Like, his name is, like, it is, though. It's, like, grimy scumbag something. It's, oh it's, I, I made a, because I, I made a joke on a video once that I was, like, um, Kid Fisto has the worst name in all of Star Wars. Or and the, the best. Guy, and the best. <laughs> And this guy, this guy commented like, "But what about that guy's name?" And I was like, "Oh, I forgot about him. It's perfect." <laughs> I'll have to check it out. But considering that they named the fat pilot uh, Porkster, <laughs> what, what was his yes. name? Porkins. 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 George. Why? <laughs> <laughs> George was either really original or really unoriginal. There was no in between. Like it was either something brilliant or something ludicrous. Nothing in between. It's true. <laughs> What's the bad guy's name? Uh, Villainster. <laughs> well, Vader's just German for father, right? Isn't that like the, like something like that? Yeah. yeah. So everybody in Germany's like, you named your villain Va- father? Like what? <laughs> like okay, man, cool. Hey, but he's no, a no, chill see, dude. No, no, he was no, like, see. yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. The German translation, he was probably actually pronounced Darth Father, so that way yeah. he wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, huh? That's weird. But yeah, it's also our first look at good look at Coruscant, right? Because they're flying yeah. kind of through the city. We kind of see the city underbelly. Um, which I don't know if you remember seeing Coruscant at the end of the of Return of the Jedi and the celebrations and the special editions. One of them was like, "Where is this? Like, what are these places?" <laughs> I was so confused. Um, and then we also see inside the the Jedi Temple, we get kind of some idea of how the Jedi's kind of kind of roll. So I, I don't kind of what what are your thoughts on the the whole first act um, entirely from the assassination attempt until uh, basically until uh, they leave on their separate missions. I'll start with uh, Mary Lou. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. Um, no. Let's do it. Let's so, do it. So so but but they're good. They're interesting. When when as I rewatched it today too, and one thing that I noticed is that um, it's. So the movie starts and Padme's assassination is given all this time and all this tension and, and it's, oh, and the assassination and then her recovering and being like, we got to go. And then she goes to Palpatine's office and they have a whole thing. And it's like this very dialogue riddled scene about, you know, who she is now, how she's feeling, why this is happening to her. Um, And then for Anakin and Obi-Wan's introduction, they're just an elevator. Like, like just 
elevator. Like no, no buildup, nothing, just elevator. And I was like, oh, we, oh, that's right. You know, there's, you, you'd think there'd be like a long tracking shot of their ships or something. And then a lead up to Anakin Skywalker again out of his ship, like, ah, here I am. But instead he's like, you know, like lint brushing his robe. <laughs> like he's like, ah, I'm gonna go. It's, it's a very interesting choice. And I don't dislike it. I just think it's an interesting choice. Um, you know, and then we get to this point where uh, in, in your email, when I read it, you kind of had everything mapped out and you had a specific point for where Anakin and Padme um, reconnect, they um, reunite, so to speak. And it's a very, you know, for, to give George some credit, um, in terms of, of dialogue, uh, I do think because like the, the long, the long running joke, the kind of like the, the contemporary joke for Annie Dalla is currently like, why would Padme fall for this guy? Like, why would she fall for like this kind of awkward teenager? Have you seen him? Well, he's very, yes, <laughs> but, you know, Daddy One Kenobi is standing right there, you know, like, but, you know, and he's awkward, he doesn't know how to talk, you know, to, to women, and it's, um, there are some parts where I'm like, Anakin, like, pull back a bit, buddy, like, you're being really, like, a, a little aggressive here, but um, I do think that they're, one of the reasons why she finds herself sort of attracted to him and sort of, um, Kind of pulled in by his presence is because Padme has spent her entire life in politics. Um, she was a queen at a very young age and now she's a senator and she has spent all this time pretty much, she knows what to expect from people. She expects people to want her support, to want her vote, to want her influence, to want something from her that will benefit them. And you can see it when she comes in, she has a very stiff kind of it's it's stiff and robotic but i think it's supposed to be you know she's talking to anakin obi-wan she's very political she's very like very politician-esque and she's like oh it's very good to see you guys again okay you know well i don't agree but we're gonna do this and anakin just kind of is like hi hi <laughs> you know? and it's He's very honest and he's very you know, genuine about his emotions and genuine about how he feels about her. And aside from obviously he wants her to love him, but he, he doesn't want anything from her. He doesn't, you know, he loves her for who she is. And I think that that is something she would find attractive and compelling. Um, and it, it is kind of sweet, you know, and their talks about politics and their debates and, you know, in the, in the sunflower field and like all this and it's you know there are elements to their relationship that that I think work here and I think that Andy Doll is a very complicated relationship and maybe as we go further we'll acknowledge some of that but um you know it's it's it is it is compelling and it's I gotta give George credit it is a really hard line to walk you have mm -hmm. this relationship that's doomed from the start, it's doomed. But it's not doomed in the traditional way that we think. It's not like Romeo and Juliet or Heathcliff and Catherine. It's not, you know, their, their relationship isn't doomed because of their society or their family, or it, you could argue those are secondary causes, 
but it's doomed because one of them is going to physically hurt the other one and is going to descend into darkness. And that's, but he still wants us to kind of root for these crazy kids at the same time. It's a really hard line. And it's, I think he does the best he can with that. So yeah. I admire that. Yeah, I, 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 I gotta uh, agree with that because it is, it's a very tricky line to walk, uh, especially, I mean, it's, it's a prequel. I, I have friends that are like, oh, I don't like it because it's a prequel, because I know how it ends. But it's, it's, a, it's a journey. Like, don't, don't you want yeah. to understand it? Um, I, I have friends that saw the prequels first, and they didn't know any of that. Yeah. That's like thing. That's like a thing that happens to the kids these days. They like start with episode one, and they're like, "Wow, oh, this is fun!" And then, <laughs> and then like, it gets worse. Whoa, yeah. So some people, I guess, don't know, but I, I love. I'm a sucker for backstory, so I love it. Dead, dead serious. Dead serious. Just like a brief annotation because we're on that topic. I usually actually do recommend for people who have never seen any of them to watch them in chronological order, and a lot of people. A lot of people complain about that. They're like, oh, well, it ruins the uh, Empire Strikes Back twist. I'm like, what do you want ruined? One twist or a whole trilogy? Like, yeah. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense to start at the beginning and go all the way through if you're watching mm -hmm. for the first time ever. So, because to be honest, you know, uh, Brandon, like you said, a lot of people didn't like the prequels because they knew exactly what was going to happen. They knew where it was going. So, you know, a lot of the element of surprise was taken out by that. But if you're watching through it for the first time, not knowing the original trilogy, this is all fresh new information. You have yeah. no idea where it's going. It's going to take you somewhere completely different. So, yeah. And I also have to agree with you because by now, the I am your father twist is so permeated through media in, gen in general. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it is a large source of, of cultural idiom. Like, Star Wars is one of our largest influences for just cultural idioms in general. Um, yeah. For a while, William Shakespeare was the top, and then he got replaced with The Simpsons, uh, which, <laughs> which is the best, the best thing ever. And, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I digress. Uh, yeah, all, all that stuff was is, is great. Uh, if I look at specifically Obi Wan, um, and this is in his uh, Jesus phase. Um, <laughs> the mullet. <laughs> he pulls it's, it off, though. He does. He does. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I still hate it, but yes, he pulls it's it awful. off. It's awful. I hate it, but he does pull it off. I mean, mm -hmm. you and McGregor can pull off anything. So right. we'll it's just true. get that one right out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... But but okay. I Fun, sorry. I, I do, I do, I do love it, especially how how you were saying because it, it, even though it's it's very brief, but it shows. Um, honestly, Obi Wan wasn't ready to be Anakin's master. He wasn't ready for it. Not at uh, all. He got assigned a youngling the same day he became a knight. Like, kill me, <laughs> so kill me. Like, uh, yeah, it's. But it's it's uh it's it's kind of awesome to see that because when we first met Obi Wan in the prequels, he was 
rash and he was kind of a dick you know he's like oh what have i since we picked up another pathetic life form like you don't respect life at this point in time you know and then to see him kind of be this uncle daddy <laughs> type <laughs> type thing where he I'm just, please never say uncle daddy again that's just, that's just, that sounds wrong man <laughs> no he he has to play walk this role where he's he's not he's not the father uh he but he he's not a brother he's an authority figure but he's just as flawed as you are you know he talks about being patient and all this stuff don't just dive in and then he literally dives through a plate glass window window. from a from a thing you know like he he has he he's learning on the job and and it's apparent and it's kind of beautiful how how it is and i the thing i love about star wars the most is the layers right like you know you watch it and it's it's a it's a young kid's power fantasy and then but there's layers and layers and layers and layers and you can get deeper and deeper and there is content in each layer and it was all intentional uh yeah i I don't i just i just i just love it myself but uh, yeah, let's go on to Connor. All right, so we got the the first, um, first third, right? The first act of the movie. What 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 are your thoughts? Anything stand out? Um, one of the things that stand out was actually uh, Palpatine and how he is already like he keeps planting these seeds in Anakin's head. He keeps saying like, "Oh, you're gonna be the greatest of all the Jedi." Um, he just keeps like pumping them up, and he's like, "You will learn to trust your feelings." And he's he keeps just planting those seeds in there that. Uh, it's going to turn him eventually. So that's one of the things that stood out. And I also, I also love Dexter. Um, just from one conversation in a diner, he became one of my favorite characters. Like, I, I know you made a video about it, um, but like a backstory on, on, a, on one character, Dexter, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but especially after, you know, seeing his species with the forearms and stuff and, and watching Pong Krell fight, you know, like, I hate Pong Krell. He's the worst right. person ever. Uh, I want him to die the most painful death. I was about to say, you, you mentioned that but, name and a visceral response is coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, you're like, but that species is cool. And, and also, there's also uh, one of him, um, he is a... Um, uh, basilisk uh, and there's one of them in the canon novel for Battlefront by Jason Freed and they're, they're just they're just cool they're just really cool characters and I, 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 I like them but um, uh, yeah uh, Kevin the first uh, first act uh, something that you said about Obi-Wan really resonated with me what you just Uncle mentioned Daddy? about <laughs> no I, I said not to say that again <laughs> no, but the uh, when you were talking about how like he was clearly not ready to be that father figure mentor role that he was supposed to be, but he was learning on the job and did the best that he could. That resonates with me because like something a lot of people don't you know don't know this because I don't really talk about my family life and my content very often. But by the time that I was twenty, I was a dad. So like. That's a lot of on-the-job training, learning, like, right now. Like, you got to figure this out because your life is – your adult life has just barely begun, and you already have to take care of another one now. So, like, 
and uh, believe me, like from experience, that was, it was frustrating. It was very difficult, but would I change it for the world? Absolutely not. But like, yeah. And at this point it's like, I have an awesome relationship with my daughter who is my oldest child. And a lot of that is probably just because I, I was young enough to have to learn on the job and not be so like whip cracky about it. Like a lot of older parents are. And, um, so yeah, I, I can really relate to that, like on a very personal level, but, uh, as far as <laughs> Mary Lou and what you were saying about the, you know, the assassination and then all of the, you know, this long, nice, beautiful buildup. And then all of a sudden, Hey, we're in an elevator and Anakin's like, Hey, look at me. You haven't seen me for, look at me. I, last time that you guys saw me, I was this little kid saying, now this is pod racing and now yeah. I'm a big boy. It's really funny to think about it. It's really funny to think about it because like literally the last time you saw him, he was this little kid and they decided instead of giving you a nice build up to see the fact that like this really is Anakin, they were just like, elevator. <laughs> so that's hilarious. But it, in the weirdest possible way, it worked. Like it did. It, it, it it was, you're like, okay, well, we know that's Obi-Wan, so that's gotta be, okay, he just said Anakin to him. Okay, we're good, we're good. You just got a, a Mario Brothers, a Mario Brother mushroom, right? It just, <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that's all you need. <laughs> but yeah, and then, um, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the chase scene I thought was brilliant. And I loved how it showed the fact that Anakin was picking up on things so fast because when he really absolutely looked like he was failing miserably, he just jumps out, <laughs> starts flying down, lands right on the car. <laughs> oh, I hate it when he does that. <laughs> but it was just, it was fantastic. Like, there was a lot of stuff in that movie. I, I, people give it a lot of flack, but there was some really good stuff in that film. So, like, uh, some moments that are just unforgettable. I, I, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, imagine you're learning on the job and your very first student is a prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> how irritating of like, you're yeah. not doing this right. And he's like, well, I kind of am. And you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I kind of am. <laughs> you're not my real dad. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no the uh too soon <laughs> i know right but the <laughs> forever too soon like, well and the, the other part the other part that I, you know and this is like off of the funny topic and onto the real topic was yeah with like with palpatine some of the stuff about him that like you know if you're it's let, let's say you're watching him in chronological and you have no idea who he really is you can still kind of see the wheels turning like you can sense that there's something wrong with him and one of my now we're back into the comedy side of it one of my favorite things i think it was from um one of the star kid plays <laughs> where they do the like the musical montage making fun of whatever they make fun of and they do it with star wars a lot the one <laughs> The one he has uh, Obi Wan telling like drunken stories about um, about what happened leading up to the Empire, and he goes, he says, "This man started a war against the people while he was controlling the other people 
and he was playing it for both sides. He started an entire war to gain control of a galaxy that he already had control of. <laughs> I'm like, if you really think about it, yeah, yeah. The Clone Wars didn't even really need to happen. He was already in power. <laughs> it, I, I mean, the best, the best thing ever is the old Pixar short of the old man playing chess against himself. Yes. That is, and you're that like, is oh, Palpatine. Palpatine. <laughs> that is exactly it, 100%. But, um, okay, so let's, let's go ahead and jump in, in kind of to, to the, middle, the middle act, yeah. right? So um, they've all gone on, they've all been commissioned their missions, right? Um, Anakin's very first solo mission is taking a girl he's loved since he was nine uh, into hiding and being ill-equipped for the, for the job. But also, Obi-Wan um, going on a random mission and pretending like he knows what's happening. That's like my favorite thing, uh, personally, <laughs> is he has no idea what's happening at all, but he's like, yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> you know, I, 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 just, I, just, I just love it. Um, you know, that's where we, we get introduced to Kamino, uh, the Kaminoans, um, Jango Fett. We see that Obi-Wan Jango fight. Um, we see, we get all the weird dialogue depending on, on your point of view but we kind of see that relationship start to grow um they go to Tatooine, and uh we get to see the first real glimpses of what will be vader right so that's all the second act uh but uh connor jump into it what, what jumps out at you um what first jumps out to, to me is um definitely camino um it's such a cool looking planet. Like it's such a cool looking yeah. place, the whole facility. Like when you first see it, you're like, wow, this is actually incredible. Um, and going off your, like the dark side Anakin thing. Um, one of the things I remember in the Revenge of the Sith novelization is um, he kind of sees what he does there as like a separate person. So um, basically like, he's like, at this point, like he doesn't see it as himself. He almost sees it as a, a different person when he turns to the dark side. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, going back to the the Django fight, I <laughs> I really like the the Obi Wan versus Django Fett fight because there's a lot of hand to hand combat which you don't see a lot of in Star Wars. You kind of see like what the Jedi can do in um, almost just like with their fists. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No, it, it is. It uh, like I said, it, it is super cool because. Uh, we we now we, we actually don't have a whole lot of canon knowledge on, on Jango Fett. We 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 really don't. But we this is our first time being able to see that being a Jedi is not an automatic win card, right? And that that to me was a cool thing. Is like Jango could clearly hold his own and had no fear. It wasn't like, oh, this great powerful Jedi is here. Oh, you better cower. No, he, he was nothing. It, as well as the fact that uh, the seismic charge is, is top three sounds in Star Wars. In instant, instant serotonin. Instant yeah. <laughs> serotonin every time. Just that, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and thus, Dubstep was born. <laughs> I... I swear to God, I don't. Was was did dubstep exist before that moment? 
you tell me. I say it does. <laughs> oh. Uh, but but Kev, uh, what do you think of that the whole second half? <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Uh, no, the um, just saying. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. It's a valid point. It's a valid point. <laughs> uh, one thing that I think was, and it, just in a sense of comic relief, I, I will say this much. I mean, I don't really care much for Sand either. So I mean, it's it is it is what it is. He had a valid point. It does get everywhere. You come home from the beach and you're going to have sand coming out of your pants and everything for weeks. Like, he's, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't <laughs> wrong. It's just a really weird pickup line. Uh, <laughs> but but the, um, one of the other things is, you know, you were talking about, like, being able to see the dark side coming into Anakin, being, you know, part of that middle chapter. And you know, seeing what he does to the, to the sand people and everything else, which leads to another fairly comedic uh, callback in, in Revenge of the Sith that really actually doesn't get addressed, which is quite hilarious. <laughs> Killing younglings. No, not Anakin. I killed them all. Not just the men, but the women and the children too. Okay, yeah. maybe Anakin. Uh, <laughs> Like, did you forget Padme? Like, did you not remember? He very, very specifically told you this, and you seemed very unfazed by it. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, if I was going to have a complaint, it might be that, but it's not enough to deter me from thinking that it was still a fantastic film, fantastic trilogy. That was just one of the parts that I'm like, (laughs) it's not the first um, time. Um, yeah, okay, so that hits on the Padme reaction part, but yeah, you guys already kind of talked about Django Fett, but yeah, it was really, it it was really awesome to see somebody be able to pretty much (laughs) lay waste to (laughs) Obi-Wan, who is an amazing duelist, a brilliant fighter in every sense of the word, and this guy who is not Force-sensitive, just has pretty decent armor that's as we find out later in the clone wars not even best car <laughs> is able to still escape get away from him run off and then chase him back down blast the seismic charges like he obi-wan barely got out of that one alive <laughs> i'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. all i got <laughs> no, that's uh, uh, and, and actually going back to that that moment where um, Anakin does you know kill all of the uh, the Sand People, um, which I find interesting is the cut after that scene. So he kills them all, and then it cuts to the Jedi Temple, and Yoda sitting there, and he he kind of feels that rage yeah. and that Anakin's in pain, but. What I never realized before until my last rewatch is Qui-Gon's voice says, Anakin, no. I, I never noticed that. At that point, Qui-Gon's voice says, Anakin, no. I don't know. That kind of broke me because it, it means. I'm going to need to. Wow. I'm going to need to go rewatch that now because I have never <laughs> caught that before. Oh, I'm glad yeah, you it's that Qui-Gon's, yeah. It's Qui-Gon's voice. That means it's Qui-Gon great. as a force ghost. Remember, he's the very first Force Ghost. Yeah, he's, and the he's, first, he's the first one yeah. to maintain 
maintain his self identity. So he doesn't quite know exactly what he's doing. He's figuring this this out as well. Yeah. And it, it it seems like he's probably not able to appear corporeally at this point. But he's watching over Anakin, this kid that he thought was going to be the savior of the Jedi. And he's watching these mistakes. Uh, I don't know. It kind of hurts my heart a little Crazy. bit. A little bit. But um, Mary, Mary Lou. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the mid, midsection there. What, what do you think? So midsection. Um, all right. Three, three things I want to touch on. First off, like you said, Obi-Wan Kenobi walking into Kamino and then being like, oh, you're here. Blah, 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 blah. And him going, uh, yeah. Like... <laughs> is the most relatable shit I have ever can I swear? <laughs> I can swear, right? Like it it I have been in that position. We have all been in that position so Absolutely. many times. It you're just like, I know what I'm doing. I have no fucking clue what the hell is going on. Like I have no clue. Like and him I always laugh when like the soup ladles come down. And they sit in him, and he's like, what is going on? What did I just walk into? Um, I do have a critique in that George sometimes does a thing where he, like, you know, throws in a name or a place, and you're like, wow, that seems important. Are we ever going to come back to that? No. No, we're not. Like, who the hell is Sifo-Dyas? Why would you just say... (laughs) Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas, and then just, and with that, we're never going to talk about this again. Uh, all I have to say about that is, it's a good question for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically, basically. So then, um, but it's great, I love it. Everything on Camino is wonderful. Um, and then Anakin and Padme growing closer. It is interesting looking at Anakin and... So what I'm about to say isn't even really a jab at Anakin. I think it's just human nature, but Anakin does have an Oedipal complex with Padme, I think. It's, you know, his mother, he is, he's taken from his mother in, the, in episode one. He goes on a ship, and the first person that comforts him and establishes kind of like a real connection with him after he's left Tatooine is Padme. She puts a blanket on him. She asks how he is. How are you doing? Are you okay, honey? You know, and he, that the moment, like they've interacted before, but that's the moment I think for him where he's like, I am going to romanticize this for the next 10 years. And because he knows that he's not going to see his mother again, probably. I think he subconsciously knows, but he can see her again. And maybe that will kind of relieve some of the, emotionality that he it just builds up in him over the course of his life um so he's desperately and, and again that's not a jab at anakin like in terms of heterosexual no, relationships no, you know men marry their mothers so to speak all the time women marry their fathers so to speak all the time it's like it's not an uncommon thing and i think that's kind of one of the reasons why he is so drawn to her and um on the subject of his mother for, for wait hold on. For anybody, for, for anybody who is 
going to be listening to this just in audio, we should probably remark that you did air quotes when you I said did. their yes, mothers and their fathers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a good note. I just want to make sure yes, that that's perfectly you, clear on just an audio broadcast of this. <laughs> thank you, Kevin. Yes, figurative, I mean figuratively, yes. Um, on the topic of his mother, so um, I rewatched this, I think like it, like, um, last year, I watched it today, and then I watched it last year before uh, The Rise of Skywalker came out. Me and my husband did a big marathon, yada, yada. We're watching episode two, and I made a realization of something that is legitimately kind of really disturbing. And I do want to say, like, trigger warning for anybody who's a victim of sexual assault. I'm this. intrigued. Okay. Why did the Tusken Raiders kidnap his mother? she why like I, we are watching it he go it's never explicitly said of course but he goes into this hut and his mother is like tied to this post and and i'm like Ooh, what's going on what's happening because they didn't kidnap her for for labor you know she's an older woman they didn't kidnap her to um to uh, uh, is like a hostage negotiation to like oh pay us and we'll give you you know your your you know your family member back, you know, um, Cleed Lars says oh thirty of us went out you know four of us came back like we can't find her so I'm like why did they kidnap this woman, I'm and I'm not saying it's you know can anyone think of a reason that's not I I can think of one and it's the only one that you're implying right now and it's not a great one right. Uh, <laughs> That's it's what like, I assumed, and we've just never spoken yeah. about this. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's better to take that as that's probably what it is, but I'm not gonna say because. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand, and it, but you know what, and that that's the thing that that kind of begs another small element, and I'm not trying to like hijack your talking time okay. here, but that that was. Yeah, me and me and my brother were talking about it one day, like after we had went through a rewatch, and we're like. You know what? If I was Anakin and I found my mother in that same situation, I would have I would have murdered every single last one of them as well. Like I I would yes. I don't fault Anakin for having that yeah. complete breakdown because if that's how I found my mother, same deal. I would have I would have not had any mercy on my mind at all. Yeah, and, and especially if I had the power the power that he had coursing through him. And a weapon like a lightsaber, like, dude, no, they're done. They're done. They have no yeah. hope. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's, and that's like what I was, what I was going to build to, too, with that is that it's like, if that's the case, like, I mean, what would you do? Like, would you, do you really fault him for having this really emotional kind of reaction to this? And, <laughs> and also, so, yeah, right? Like, also, like low key, like Anakin, not even low key is flexing. Like he flexes like hardcore. Cleed Lars is like thirty of us went out, four of us came back, and Anakin's like, I'm gonna go get mom, and comes back like just with her, and he's like, Yeah, I did it. Like what's up? You know, I'm like, Oh man. Um, and the revelation that you know, his, his not only his, did I go and get her and bring her back, but. Uh, that tribe doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, no, no, they're not gonna. They're not gonna be bothering you for anymore after this. And you know, building up to sort of his his uh, kind of breakdown with Padme. It is. I'm curious. I haven't read any of the Padme, Padme books. And Brandon, you have, right? Yes. Yeah. 
do, do, do they ever go into why when he's like, I killed the women and the children too? Like, logically, that's like 50 red flags. She should be like, okay, cool, man. I'm out. You clearly have some emotional problems. Do they ever explain, does she not believe him? Do they ever go into that in the books? Uh, actually, that part is not part of either book. The first okay. book is her starting out as a senator, and the second book is a prequel, and it overlaps with the first movie, but it doesn't go that far. Okay, okay, because I'm curious. Is Maybe she just thought, oh, you're just flying off the handle, like, you didn't, maybe she doesn't believe it, you know, who knows, but I mean, it's, that's a, that's a lot, you know, to take in. No, I, I, I agree. Uh, it's, but it, it's funny because it sailed under the radar because of it, exactly what you said. It was an understandable response. And it's also kind of what be the, the problem. Not, I guess problem might be a bad word, but when you're a Jedi, you're a person with, with superpower. You're, you're a superpowered cop uh, that can do whatever you want. And um, I guess I, I haven't, I don't know if I've said it on here, on TikTok, I kind of make it clear. I'm, I'm not a fan of Grey Jedi or the concept of it personally, because it leaves too much personal interpretation, right? What Anakin did there is a super Grey Jedi move of like, no, this is my justice. I don't care what y'all think. Uh, so they're, they're getting their, you know, call me judge, jury, and executioner, you know, that's, that's my feel. But uh, that's, uh, I know, that, that's kind of why I feel it kind of flew under the radar. Um, random side note is, uh, so Padme always wears a whole bunch of different costumes and outfits and stuff through, throughout. Uh, I actually have a, a personal friend, Jason Palmer, is an artist, has an amazing painting of every single outfit she's ever wears, and it is awesome. Uh, I'm actually going to, I'll find it and I'll, I'll put it up here. He's amazing. He actually is the person that did the, the primary banner for the last Star Wars celebration. Amazing artist. But um, Wow, I saw that. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. His, he's a very stylistic um, art. You know when it's a Jason Palmer. But um, the outfit that she wears uh, when she's having dinner with Anakin and through what I find to be the worst line in the entire movie, which is Master Obi-Wan would be very grumpy if you saw this. <laughs> mm. So there's only one outfit that George Lucas designed himself. And it's that outfit that she's also wearing in the next scene with the corset and stuff. And you look at it and you're like, yeah, a man you know designed what? that. Uh, you know <laughs> a man designed that. With, every, with, everything, with everything that I've... I love George Lucas. Don't 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 get me wrong, but with everything that I've heard about his uh, costume decisions, that tracks. Yeah, that tracks. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, that sounds about right. Does does she have a ribcage? Not anymore. My Anyways, <laughs> like and and Natalie Portman is. I mean, I could. You there's know, no talk there's about, no underwear in space. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, later in the movie, she's clearly not wearing a bra. It's a, it, again a whole thing. It's true though. Anyway, but so like Padme's clothes, I could I mean I could talk about Padme's clothes forever. But the thing about that dress that is so funny to me is that I'm like, you can't bend. Like no way. <laughs> like you can't bend. Because Natalie Portman is um 
you know, is is stunning and gorgeous. And her and her and her. <laughs> we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about boobies for a second, I guess. <laughs> but she has, you know, a, you know, a natural average chest for a woman of her size and weight. And her, like the corset in that scene is like they are like to her neck. I'm like George. The woman can't breathe. I I get it, man. Like, but the woman can't breathe. I I personally find her lake dress. Oh my God. It's uh, the backless. Oh yeah. The backless is stunning. And I think it's, it conveys that kind of sensual luscious sort of eroticism and like the the sort of like like their relationship sort of blossoming. I think it conveys it much better and it's much more classier than the, than that dress does at the, with the fireplace and things like that. But I mean, all of them are just impeccably designed. They're gorgeous. No, absolutely. But and, and but that's that's my point is the corset dress is the only one that George Lucas designed that he said this has to be in the movie. All of the other ones were designed by a woman. <laughs> and they all look super comfortable and are flowing and like and are soft and and yeah. the, <laughs> but but what what whatever. It does doesn't matter. Also, the end of the fireplace scene, I just have to say even as a kid, there's like a look that he gives her at the end. <laughs> and, and, it's just, it's not appropriate. Uh, it's, <laughs> that, that you know what I'm scene. talking about. Oh, yeah. And that, oh, look, yeah. Oh, yeah. that look was not consented. <laughs> that, that scene, that scene as a whole, just because of like, and it, just because of exactly what you guys are talking about, the design of that particular outfit. <laughs> people have i mean that that whole scene has become a meme where they say they, they basically say that dress ceo of sending the wrong signal <laughs> <laughs> i can't be with you i can't be with you then what are you wearing you're, tr- you're like tr- actively trying to make me want you more what are you doing here <laughs> oh this whole thing <laughs> <laughs> um no but uh it, uh other than that though like exactly like you were saying Mary Lou, i i absolutely love obi-wan just going on this mission showing up to a planet he didn't know existed and he walks in there and they're like oh we've been expecting you and he's like yeah uh sure and they're like yeah we have them already well, of course you have. <laughs> you have them ready. Can I see them? <laughs> it's it's such a. It's Can such I see whatever the them is that we're talking about yeah. right now? <laughs> it's so it's relatable. Such, <laughs> it's such a vaguely awkward situation of like, but but this is also our first example that we've ever seen on what a Jedi does. They have. They go out on these missions to uncover these these truths or whatever, and they don't necessarily know what they're walking into. They just have to trust their instincts and let the situation unfold. He's trying to figure out who's trying to assassinate them and uncovers a hidden secret army. So, <laughs> you know, and then um, also, to your point, Marilu, we actually do get more information on Saifo Diaz. And it's, it's one of the things I love about Star Wars. It's one of my absolute favorite things is that every single person in every single scene has a history. They have a name. They have a backstory. That person has 
uh, a job, they have like little whiny kids at home that they're irritated by or whatever. Like it's it's such a rich universe that when something is thrown out, you may never know. You know, I, I rewatched the original trilogy, the very f- episode one or not episode four, right? The very first movie. And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, I fought with your dad in the Clone Wars. And you're like, what? Like, George Lucas thought this was the only movie he was going to be able to make. Why are you referencing something super random but specific that no one's ever heard of that you may never hear or find out again? You know, we ended up finding out. That is true, yeah. That's exactly the thing I love, is that you can, you know, they can make a a book or a comic or something Mm -hmm. He's awesome in Dooku Jedi Lost. He's a great character. I was so happy to get him. I was like, oh, yeah. yes, here he is. Like, <laughs> so cool. Like, and I know they did Clone Wars stuff with him too, you know, but yeah, it is true. That's a good point. At the time, it's, yeah, clo- the Clone Wars, what's that? You know, <laughs> we might never see that. So that is a very good point. That's exactly what I was going to get to. It's like, yeah. uh, everyone should should listen to Dooku Jedi Lost. And I specifically say listen to because it's meant as an audio drama. Uh, there is an uh, uh, written version of it, but it's meant to be an audio drama. Listen to it, please. Um, and also, so I apologize, Aziz. I kind of get lost as who I start. I try to change it around. But Connor, did I get to you <laughs> with the second one? No, I started with you. Yeah, yeah, we started. But basically, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Like, um, yeah. all right so we jump to the final act right this is um you know this is Obi-Wan this is the the seismic charge right he lands on on Geonosis um and gets captured and meets Dooku um actually meets him for the first time right because Dooku says you know uh Qui-Gon used to talk about and I could really use his help right now just a weird but super manipulative line there, just just tosses it out casually, All right? Uh, we have Anakin and Padme in a very, very poor attempt to to rescue him, um, and you know the whole end fight scene. We have uh, I don't know my favorite Mace Windu scene of him showing up like this party's over. Like, wh- where did you come from? Is everyone waiting for you to do this thing to know the start? <laughs> What what is what was the mission briefing before this moment? You know, uh, and then you know the whole Coliseum fight, right? The creature is about to about to eat him. Actually, legitimate question: As you guys are talking about your part, you have to pick a pet from amongst the three monsters, and I need you to add that in. Okay, so just just make sure that you do that. Um, we get to see Kit Fisto's beautiful smile. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is the, the final act from that point to the end of the movie. Um, don't, well, I want to hear what jumps out at you, what you guys are thinking about. I'll start with Kev. Love the necklace, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I had to make sure that, I was, <laughs> that my mic was still on. Um, yeah, uh, as far as picking a pet... It, that that tiger dude was pretty sweet. I mean, but also incredibly scary. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if I was gonna pick one, it's it would probably be that weird tiger dragon guy. 
but the um I know starting off with just arriving on Geonosia, the Geonosians were like they didn't seem threatening, but they were still oddly terrifying. Like the the click clacking type voices and like all it was there was just something about them that was just unsettling at all times. <laughs> and I was re I was glad to see them like readdress Geonosia in Rebels when they did. Because just getting to that point and like seeing that they really didn't have much of a choice. Like the Empire kind of forced them to do everything they did and they didn't really want to go along with it, but just did because they knew they were going to die. And then eventually the Empire just was like, all right, you served your purpose. We're wiping you out anyway. Like it just went to show exactly yeah, how much means true. to an end the Empire was about everything. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> the capture, I, I love, I think seeing, seeing some good, snarky, sassy Obi-Wan is always good. So <laughs> just the whole, we came to rescue you, master. Good job. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Like the banter oh. was so good. Like there were, for every cringy line that that movie had, it had a gold line as well. Like that's, it's such a balanced film in that regard because it had so much good to offer. And I think too many people get stuck or hung up on, you know, I hate sand and forget about some of the great quotable moments that actually did uh, happen. Uh, also, also to, to cut in for a brief moment, I also, I, I can't <laughs> not think about uh, Jake Hev's uh, upload the other day on, on TikTok where Andre Gnosis, this is from the, the, the previous act, when Obi-Wan calls home, he says, call home, care of the old folks home. Old folks home. <laughs> 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 and it, him saying old folks home calls the Jedi Temple. That's, oh God, that's oh, wait, sassy Obi-Wan. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, and Jacob's totally right on that. Like the video that he posted about you, you, sometimes it's just so much better to watch with subtitles on because you will catch stuff that you missed yeah. a million yeah. times. I'm like, I, I've I've come around to starting to do that as well because I've picked up a lot of little things that I like background noises that will actually come up on the thing, and I'm like, holy crap, that was a reference to this, or oh my god, like there these are Easter eggs that I can barely hear oh, but are yeah. happening. And that's um, how I, I knew it was Qui Gon's voice uh, who said yeah. that. Is it's it's a mistake. Yeah. But um, okay, so <laughs> the clones arrive absolutely. Like, bar none, one of the coolest scenes ever. Just all of a sudden, like, they all think that they're dead, and here comes Yoda. <laughs> hey, look what the cavalry's here. Look who we got. And, I mean, at this point, you still don't really know these guys, but you're like, oh, boy, <laughs> how the turntables. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think the Dooku fight, I'm going to skip over a couple of these here, but like the Dooku right. fight was, I thought it was absolutely fantastic just to see that both Obi-Wan and Anakin stood no chance to Dooku. And even Yoda, like, when, I mean, obviously he put Yoda in a bind because he knew that if he gave Yoda too much time, Yoda was going to beat him. But like, 
he even stood up to Yoda pretty well after exhausting some of his energy on Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like, it proved how incredibly powerful of a duelist Dooku was. So I think that that scene was, like, very, very vital to show that, like, this is a really, really, really powerful apprentice you have working here. <laughs> like, which goes to show the fact that he was defeated in the next film by Anakin and became so, the new apprentice. It goes to show how powerful Anakin really was becoming. And I, I think it was really, really important character development for every character involved to be able to see the kind of might the Dooku had. Um, yeah, and that already kind of hits with Yoda. And yeah, begun the Clone Wars have literally is probably one of the most iconic lines in that whole entire trilogy, especially because it lead, leads into one of the best animated television shows that has ever existed in human history. <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that's that's my take. That's what I got. No, I I yeah, I I definitely agree. Um and it also kind of follows what I find to be the worst Yoda sentence in history, which is around the survivors a perimeter we must create. <laughs> like uh. and the, the best part is the best part is you're like, dude, dude, these these clones probably have no idea what you mean right now, my guy. Like they've never been around somebody that talks like you, dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> Unless they were intentionally programmed to be able to, like, recognize. <laughs> Around the survivors, a perimeter create. Like, dude, what? What, 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 what did he just say? Make a big circle, guys. <laughs> it's like Lassie. He's, he's trying to say something. I know it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, let's what, go to. What, Timmy's stuck in the well? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Mary Lou, right? The the final act. Uh, so we we got, yeah, all all, all that same stuff. <laughs> okay, I got you. Um, one of the things I think that's so interesting about the clones, especially looking back on when I saw it as a kid. So, I mean, you know, back back in the before times, you know, I didn't have access to. I mean, I know, I'm sure they did magazine spreads and they did mm -hmm. stuff like that. I've seen pictures from like Vanity Fair and things like that from 2002 and, and things like that. But I, I didn't have access to any of that. So going into this movie, I don't even think I saw a trailer for this movie. I, I don't remember seeing it as a kid. Um, but going into it, I remember when the clones officially show up. And, I, and this is also when you first see them kind of getting equipped and stuff. But it was especially prevalent at the end when they show up. I'm like, wait, those are stormtroopers, though. Wait, what? Like, I was, like, really excited about that because I didn't know what that meant. I was thinking to myself, well, but eventually they're going to be stormtroopers. So what's going to happen to them? Like, I remember being very concerned about the clones immediately going forward. I was thinking, well, are they still going to wait? Are are the stormtroopers clones like wait like I would you know I was a kid I wasn't sure and um and so immediately that just piquing my interest and getting very very uh interested in that and then um Duke so <laughs> so one of my my pa Star Wars passions 
is, and this is, I mean, every Star Wars fan I'm sure has this passion is, of course, the lightsaber duels. We all love lightsaber duels. I could talk about lightsaber, the lightsaber duels for hours. And one of the things that I, so personally, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but personally, I prefer the original trilogy and sequel trilogy fighting styles to the prequel fighting styles. Mm. I, okay. and it's, it's Kevin, thank you, Kevin. Um, and it's not that I just like that in the, you know, in the pre in the sequels and in the original trilogy, every time someone swings that light, a lightsaber, you feel it. Like you feel their anger or their, or their love or their grief. You feel it, all the emotionality behind every swing. And the prequel fighting, while beautiful and incredibly choreographed and of its period, because that's how the Jedi fought during this period, yeah. is, you know, there's a, lot, it, it, there's a lot of, like, kicking and somersaulting. <laughs> like, I'm like, mm -hmm. just swing, guys. Like, you don't need to, you know, do a puret. You know, you don't need to do ballet moves. Like, just swing at each other. Um, and it's, I think that the prequel style fighting, and I love it. I, I love it. I love it. I think it translates very well into animation. In animation, mm -hmm. it looks, it, it, it's, it's perfection. Um, live action, it just looks a little too choreographed. Um, but I still love it. But one of the things I find so funny about the prequels is that, so when I look at a lightsaber duel, I look at all the aspects of it. I'm like, all right, what's the setting? What is this? What does the setting mean to the fight? What what colors are being used? You know, why are they fighting? Where you know all this stuff? And George just kind of oh, for almost every single lightsaber duel, not all of them, but for almost all of them in the prequels, he's like, um, aircraft hangar. They're just all going to be in aircraft hangers. Just like <laughs> put them in there. Just. There's a like the the fan the uh, duel of the fates starts in an aircraft hangar and then it transitions out uh, into wherever they are there. Um, you just ruined Star Wars. No, <laughs> 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 um, Dooku's Dooku's duel is in an aircraft hangar. It's all in an aircraft hangar. Um, and then the Anakin and Obi Wan's fight. I mean, it's it it kind of transitions. I have literally into, never, but, but Obi Wan never, never noticed that at yeah. all. Right. Obi Wan right. Grievous. Is... Obi Wan Grievous. Oh. Yes, aircraft hangar. I'm like George. I need you to pick another setting for the fights. Okay, like I get it, I understand, but like we gotta move on. I ooh, Grievous and Obi Wan. I that's the only lightsaber duel that I legitimately have real vitriol rage towards i'm like i hate this fight but uh but yeah same it's it's aircraft hangar you know um so uncivilized uh, oh god why <laughs> why a gun okay so but this is kind of the lead up to dooku's fight with with them it's um it's the way in an aircraft hangar in the aircraft hangar because they're all in aircraft hangars not all of them some of them but um most, Dooku, of them. most of them Dooku's fight it's I, I I'm curious if anybody knows the behind the scenes on this but you you don't see a lot of it it's all like these like shots of just light kind of waving in front of their faces and it's close-ups yeah. of their faces you don't see a lot of the fight itself um which is interesting but then it 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 kind of 
quote unquote makes up for that because Yoda comes in and it's a, regardless of how anybody feels about Yoda fighting the Dooku stunt double man, it like actually looks like he's fighting something there. And this movie was, was released in 2002 and it still looks really yeah. good. <laughs> and it's very, very impressive. Um, the only problem is like, so Obi-Wan Kenobi gets kind of, gets kind of like, I don't want to say like shit treatment, but Obi-Wan Kenobi is only as strong as the plot needs him to be. <laughs> um, you know, we have this fight where he killed a Sith Lord. He kills Darth, well, kills, you know, cuts him in half and whatever. But he defeats Darth Maul. Oh, wow. And then he's kind of very quickly just, and then he's amazing during with Jango Fett. Oh, that's so cool. And then he just kind of is quickly disposed of every time he fights Dooku in episode two and three so that Anakin can kind of have his moment. And I kind of wish they maybe worked a little bit more as a team or maybe he was given a little bit, his, his fighting style was given a little bit more consistency. Um, but, I, but I get it from a plot standpoint. I understand why. He's like, all right, Obi-Wan. All right, cool. Okay, okay. You know, like now Anakin can go. Um, we'll take him together. Done. Yeah. <laughs> no, Anakin, no. <laughs> um, I once saw somebody, um, my dog's barking. Can you guys hear that? That's okay. No worries. Okay. Sorry. My dog's barking. Um, I've, I've had to mute myself because my dog's barked like nine yeah. times. You're, you're fine. It's good. Thank you. <laughs> um, but Anakin's, uh, I did once see the scene where Obi-Wan is like, no, Anakin, no. They're like, that just summarizes the prequels. That's the line. That just <laughs> summarizes the prequels. No, Anakin, no. And he's just, and he's just like running in like full steam ahead. Um, and it's, that's really cool. Um, and I'm trying to think of anything else from the, I think, I think that's kind of it for me. I think that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, what you said about Dooku made me kind of think a little bit more about some of my thoughts too. I think the fact that Dooku so quickly disposes of Obi-Wan, but yet Anakin kills Dooku, and then Anakin loses to Obi-Wan, who lost to Dooku. I think it actually, the thing is, I think it legitimately adds a level of depth to it that Obi-Wan's fighting style was knowing his opponent. And when he knew his opponent, he destroyed them almost every single time. He got, you know, he kind of got lucky with Maul when, when he was able to do something that shocked Maul. But... You know, then when he, <laughs> then when he fights Anakin, he realizes, wait, let me remind him that I'm on the high ground because I won when I wasn't on the high ground. And I know he will try the move that I have very, very clearly, plainly guaranteed to have told him that I did as my proudest moment of flipping over Maul and cutting him in half. Because he will try to do the same thing to me that I did to Maul because of his pride. And I'll be able to cut every single one of his limbs off while he's in the air over my head. Uh, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. He, like, baited him into doing that. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I've had that theory for a while that, you know, when he mentions the high ground, it, it really had nothing to do with, yes, the high ground is a tactical advantage. But mentioning it, what's the point? Well, that's the point. He was reminding him of something that he had taught him before, which would make him think, I should do this. Then he does the same thing to Maul in Rebels when they have their final showdown, you know, he starts off with, 
<laughs> he starts off with this stance that he normally does, and then he shifts down to this one, and then pulls back up like this, and it, he's doing Qui-Gon's stance. Yeah. So when Maul attacks him, Maul tries to attack him the same way that he attacks uh, Qui-Gon, trying to hit him with the butt of the hilt, and he sees it coming, backs up and slices through his saber, destroys his saber, and kills him. Like, that's, it, it's one of his tactics, and I think that the evidence of that being that two times he fought Dooku and really had no ability to get a good read on his fighting style, he got his, he got his backside handed to him almost immediately. But anyone that he had watched or seen fight long enough and had a good enough read on, he could, he could obliterate them because he knew how to bait somebody in their pride. And I think that also goes to show that Dooku's pride really was never an issue for him. He wouldn't take bait at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, to, to that credit, because we all love sassy Obi-Wan um, and, and all. I mean, he was a, a master baiter uh, for sure. But <laughs> um, that's literally the last line of a TikTok video that I made directly addressing everything I just said right now. <laughs> I ended it by saying, <laughs> so in conclusion, Obi-Wan is a masturbator. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, but, but re realistically, I, I actually think it, um, it also bleeds into what we know about the fighting styles specifically. Uh, Obi-Wan being a master of Sarisu, which is entirely defensive, but Dooku master of uh, Makashi I, I believe Dooku trains specifically to defeat people with lightsabers most Jedi tr train to be able to fight multiple opponents with blasters right Dooku specifically fought <laughs> to defeat a single opponent with a lightsaber that's kind of says something right yeah uh, that's, that's very true yeah. <laughs> and then um in the uh yeah you you kind of gotta think what kind of training you're getting when you <laughs> well you know there's only usually only two sith at a time why would some jedi need to learn specifically only how to defeat people with lightsabers <laughs> exactly i'm and wondering I, I... <laughs> what your intentions are sir. <laughs> but but i, I want to point out that that that's that's a big part of the reason as well um being entirely defensive and never truly on the attack, uh, Dooku, on, on the other hand, knows attack, but more importantly, his style, especially the one-handed, is about deflecting opponents so that they waste their own energy. They really aren't a good match for each other, right? Um, and, and so... He'll, he'll always... I mean, he would probably always get handled by Dooku because his... Defense is more like Aikido than anything else versus everyone else that you see Obi-Wan fight who has a more aggressive fighting style where he's just entirely defensive and waits for them to make a mistake and then capitalizes on it. And, oh my goodness, uh, I know, Connor, I know you know this, but when uh, Obi-Wan fights Grievous, I, I don't want to get into the next movie too much, but the way it's written is just incredible of him understanding and like, oh, I don't need to deflect everything. I just need to move my lightsaber by this degree. And these four attacks are going to hit my lightsaber 
and I'll be able to take out his hand or whatever, you know, that's, that's kind of his style. It's, it's entirely different, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just awesome. <laughs> right. And to add to that, basically um, one of the things I noticed was uh, how he basically just let the force like flow through him. Mm-hmm. It's, he said that he wasn't even like thinking about what he was doing. He was just letting the force kind of guide him. And I thought that was yeah. also very Obi-Wan-esque because he's, Kind of like the perfect Jedi, where he's by the book, he studies. That's basically also, um, Kevin, what you said, how if he's faced someone, he knows what they're going to do because he's so focused on on like what happened before and he studies and he's prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mary Lou, the, uh, I'm sorry, I always have forgotten if you, if you shared your thoughts on it. Yeah, no, no, no. I actually finished. It's Connor's turn. So, Connor, please go. Okay, okay. Uh, Yeah, so the thing that stood out to me in the third act was Yoda fighting. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, I kind of wonder what it was like for people who, um, like, grew up with the original trilogy and then seeing Yoda fight. I don't know how people feel, how, how, like, you guys feel about that. Like, um, but I absolutely love it. And it's funny to me how he walks up with his walking stick, a crippling old man. And then once he's about to fight, he uses the force and he's, he's jumping everywhere. He's, you can't see him. He's a flash, he's a flash of green. Um, that's my favorite part of the, of the third act for sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. And also there's like a, a couple of like little small scenes. Actually, first of all, Connor, um, you have to pick a pet. Oh, um, Okay, so I go with that like mantis thing that is trying to jab. Uh, I think it was Obi Wan. <laughs> He's trying to jab Obi Wan. Is that's my pet. <laughs> All right, so so that's, well, that's an, an Ackley and Marilou. What's yours? I, I actually like that rhino thing. So we're we each get Woo! one. <laughs> I think yes. the rhino's kind of cute. <laughs> like it reminds me of like a rhinehorn from. Like, I mean, they're all Pokemon, you know. Like, <laughs> I like I like the little rhino one. Well, not 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 to mention, not to mention. See, you you took the you took the best route because you took the one that actually helped them. <laughs> you you hopped you hopped down on the one that actually let them ride it around. <laughs> so, All right, so real talk, a, probably a good choice. <laughs> Something that always bothered me, uh, and that one is called uh, a reek. Um, but Padme drops from like super high onto the back of this reek, and I'm like. Bruh. He kisses Anakin. <laughs> like it's nothing. She's like she's like stage. jumps down, is like mwah, and I'm like, no. <laughs> you have no crush left. It's gone. No. Oh my god. <laughs> It's there is no way that it's you pudding. did not just shatter your pelvis. <laughs> like, there's something that happened there. And yeah. You don't have the force to cushion your drop either. So, like, what the heck? And then, uh, Kevin, what you picked is uh, Nexus. Uh, Nexu. Nexu, sorry. And uh, those always jump out of me because I, I read a lot of Legends. And Jason Solo's daughter... Um, as a as a child, got a pet Nexu, and then kind of created a force bond with it. And so as she was growing oh, up, awesome. she's growing up with this pet like crazy, I don't know, demonic cat monster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 cool. It's uh like, that's also a terrifying pet unless you can control it with the force. <laughs> well, 
unless you're into fashion, because it can specifically rip your clothing to have a tasteful <laughs> mid <mid-year. laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah in 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 that scene we also get like uh i also i, I don't know the iconography of um padme and anakin's kiss as they're heading in the arena and then they're in the thing and then like the it looking like a Roman Colosseum where when we met Anakin, it was recreating uh, the Colosseum scene from Ben-Hur. And then when we see him with her, <laughs> um, I don't know, it kind of has a similar feel. That's, that's super cool to me. Uh, also, seeing the Jedi in full force for the very first time was just awesome. Um, have you ever heard of the tragedy of Coleman Trevor. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he's uh, ambitious, uh, to say the least. It didn't. He was didn't, ambitious. <laughs> it didn't quite work out for, for Coleman Trevor. Um, but uh, I think one of the best and worst parts about that seeing the Jedi in full, fur, full force for the first time, that was a tongue twister. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but is the fact that that was also throughout the saga pretty much the last time that we saw them in full force as a giant group as well. (laughs) Just the one and only good glimpse we get of how awesome they are when they're literally a big battlefront group of people. The Jedi are like a solar eclipse. (laughs) (laughs) You You get one group every nine movies (laughs) it happens once you gotta wear glasses (laughs) uh but no it's uh you know i i really did enjoy the last act of course i I did already mention um my thoughts on on padme just kind of being a a badass of like these two jedi were, were bantering and she's like screw this it starts climbing like yeah i'm can we can we also can we also acknowledge the fact that Obi Wan made a freaking dad joke at that very moment? <laughs> Looks like she's on top of things, <laughs> literally climbing. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that was. Uh, I mean, that's C3PO's job, apparently. Oh my god, C3PO! Uh, I, I'm beside myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm rather beside myself. This is such that's a drag. Oh, this is such a drag. <laughs> I have a question. So yes. this is, and this is stupid and means nothing. But when we love they, those kind. when they leave, like, and C three PO just comes with them. Why? <laughs> why he belongs to the? I mean, I mean, technically, I guess he belonged to Shmi Skywalker. I mean, after Anakin left. And then he becomes property of, you know, he's a droid. He becomes the property of the Lars family. Like, but I have like a, like a headcanon reason why, <laughs> like, Anakin shows up and the Lars family is like, oh, thank God. Like, please take this thing. Like, we don't, like, please, God, you're begging you. Like, we do not want this. Um, it's just so funny to me that, you know, they bury his mother, you know, at, uh, at, uh, the Obi-Wan texts them, 
And he's like, ah, help. They're like, okay. And then they leave and C-3PO's like, oh, I'm not a fan of space travel. I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> why are you? Like, go home. That is a really good question. That, that is I a painfully good answer. Point. <laughs> it's, 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 well, no, it has a, a logical <laughs> answer of I'm sure it does. What what, what do the Lars need with him? Like he's he's just like walking around like kind of being like a pretentious kind of dick to but everyone. Owen, Owen buys him? him again. I Owen don't want buys him. him in episode four and he doesn't recognize that this droid. I mean, I guess he wasn't I don't know. I mean he looked he a wasn't gold. He wasn't gold. Yeah. But I guess like he helps them with like the water evaporators or something. I don't know, but it's it's just like why are you why? I mean, it's just so that he and R two can be an old married couple. I can just yeah. I can just see it now though, with your little head cannon of him just trying to get rid of him. All of a sudden, he buys him back because he's old and he looks different. But then he starts to speak, and Owen goes, "Oh God, no!" <laughs> Not this thing. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> God, I hope the stormtroopers really are precise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that was dark. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's uh, uh, go around kind of... Uh, I guess this would probably be final round because it's, it's kind of, you know, wrap up. And, um, you know, I also want us to include, because we have so much more information than we had when this first came out, right? We have the Clone Wars. We have um, all, you know, nine episodes of the saga. We have just just so much information that we can kind of look back on this a little bit, uh, you know, with, with different eyes. So uh, I'll start with Connor here. But... You know, if you can, if you have any thoughts about, you know, we have Anakin and Padme's wedding. Uh, right. We have begun the Clone Wars have. And just kind of overall thoughts. You, where do you rate the movie? Um, well, my rating, it's, it's low on the list. However, like, like Mary Lou said, it's there. It's like the lowest candy, basically what you said. Um, but no, I, I really like um, the politics of it, even though most some people might not like that. But as I grew older, like I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I think the Clone Wars, as we said before, basically does it a lot of justice. Um, one thing that I would really like to see is kind of um, some more content between episodes one and two where we see like a younger Anakin and like a also younger Obi-Wan getting trained because we don't have a lot for that right now, but, um, yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy the movie. The action's great. Like I said before, I grew up with it. Uh, so it's, um, nostalgic to me. Yeah. No, it, it, it is, it is great. And, it, and it's a fun watch. Um, I, I will say, if you're watching like an entire marathon of all the movies, it drags the most. <laughs> but, but I, I I still love it. And also that wedding was beautiful. The secret ceremony. Yep. And someone made a video earlier today that I don't know it it kind of it kind of sticks with me in the fact that R two D 2s memory has never been erased. 
and yeah, he was he present. He was present for their wedding. R2D2 has a, a recording of that wedding. Of course, he's not going to get erased, you know? Uh, I, I don't know. That just is kind of gives me the feels. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> final thoughts, uh, Kev? <laughs> my final. Part of my final thoughts is that I got very sidetracked for a hot second there because when you said secret ceremony, all I could think of was secret tunnel. <laughs> but anyway, two lovers for it fits. Hey, it actually fits. It does. Sadly, from one another. My guitar is not in is, arm reach, or I would play well, it. <laughs> well, and, and the best the best part is that's D. Bradley Baker. <laughs> That's the voice of all the clones that sings that. Yep, yep. <laughs> Freaking love it. But anyways, um, <laughs> thank you, Filoni, and all the wonderful voice actors. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, adding the Clone Wars in again was just, it, it helped so much because, yes, it, it may not have, you know, obviously the, the Clone Wars takes place after, but seeing what it set up and then getting all of these little side weaves of story that kind of go afterwards really made it feel more important. And yeah, you're, you're somewhat right about the fact that it does drag the most if you're watching a marathon, but I know the marathon thing from experience because uh, when I hit 30K, I did, a thir I did a marathon live stream that lasted 24 hours where I watched all of them. And I included Rogue One as well. I was going to include Solo, but I was like, this is the least attached one. And I was having internet struggles that day. So I lost yeah. time and I was like, that's the one that's got to go. Everything else is at least connected <laughs> very strongly. So, but um, yeah, so I, I can agree. I mean, it drug the most, but it still didn't. I have such a hard time rating the films because yeah the entire saga I view as one cohesive story. So prequels, OT, sequels, each individual film within them, I can't rank a favorite because I, I, watched, I, I watched them for the story that is all cohesive together and I need each individual part for that story to make sense. You know, if you jump straight in trying to watch Revenge of the Sith without having any of the knowledge from uh, Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones... It, it's a bad movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's I wouldn't I wouldn't quite say a bad movie, but the most impactful parts have no punch to them because you don't yeah. understand why they're important, you know. And it's so I have a very difficult time ranking them. Like I could rank the trilogies, sort of, not very well though. Like I I basically rank the prequels and sequels equal, and the original trilogy at the top, mainly because of my nostalgia and not much else, but. <laughs> But that's, you know, that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm at with the ranking idea of it. But yeah, I just, I think that it's a movie that got way more hate than it ever needed to get, and sadly enough, we still are seeing that kind of mentality in the fandom today with anything new that comes out. It's just, oh, this isn't the original. This isn't as good. We're gonna we're gonna crap all over it, and I I think that it aged very gracefully. Just like we, I, I think the last time that I was on one of these with you, we talked about this. I, I think that the sequels will age just as gracefully. It just is going to take time for people to put their bias aside and look at it through a new lens. 
Absolutely. And I think a lot of people have clearly done that with the prequels and especially Attack of the Clones. I, I feel like Attack of the Clones was the most hated of the three. <laughs> and <laughs> now people are like, oh, the Phantom Menace was really boring. I don't like it. Attack of the Clones was great. Like most people like Attack of the Clones more now and they look at Phantom Menace as the boring one. I just I just think it's kind of funny to watch how people's opinions change over the over the decades. <laughs> Yeah, thousand percent agree with that because, you know, I, I make a lot of content on, on TikTok where the average person's favorite is Revenge of the Sith. I was the only person I had ever met that liked Revenge of the Sith, liked it mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> and that's, I know, that's, that's just kind of, I don't know, a, a weird play on kind of how these things unfold i've i've been ridiculed and made fun of for years for enjoying the sequel i mean the prequels um but uh but yeah and, and also in the um what's interesting so r2d2 and c3po are both there at the wedding but at the time of the wedding c3po belonged to anakin r2d2 belonged to padme and it switched shortly after that because it was their own gifts to one another, right? Because as a as a Jedi, you don't have any possessions, right? So he he gave her C three PO, she gave him R two D two. Mary Lou is but, over here passing out. <laughs> no, but everyone, I, I like my very first two videos when I joined TikTok were uh, were about or uh, about you know uh, r2d2 specifically and a lot of people are like well r2d2's been there the entire time no he wasn't he met anakin when anakin was nine and then left that that was like three days (laughs) (laughs) you know didn't see him again for 10 years when we see them together when we're watching the clone wars that was less than four years that they were together but it was it was really impactful and i i just i love argue but um anyways final thoughts marilu i didn't mean to editorialize so much <laughs> I oh, apologize. No, you're fine. um final thoughts i mean yeah this film i think i i whenever i am sort of looking at it critically um it i think one of the reasons why it feels like it drags a lot is because the clone war attack of the clones like sort of has a plot <laughs> it, it it's more of a series of it's more of a series of vignettes that are kind of sewn together it it's you know because every time the movie ends like every time the movie ends I, I i sit there and i think oh yeah this movie began with someone trying to kill her oh yeah like you kind of forget <laughs> that that was like the sort of the catalyst for everything um, i have to interrupt you for a second i literally thought what you were about to say was every time the movie ends all of a sudden it starts again and it's a different story <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a fair interpretation as well <laughs> it's just kind of like you know the, the grind you know but it it it's 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 low on my list you know, but yeah, like, you know, like I had said, it's, it's just sort of, you know, that doesn't really mean much of anything. I still love it. I still absolutely adore it. 
um, you know, and, and it goes without saying shout out to John Williams, I mean, for being a genius and for just being always churning out consistent, beautiful, thematic work constantly. You hear, you know, I forget where you hear it, but there's a very pivotal point where Anakin is talking to someone. I think it might be Padme. And you, you hear Anakin's theme kind of mashing up with this more sinister theme. It's like this internal conflict's happening in him. It's just so well done and it's so beautiful. Um, and the, I do think their wedding is a very interesting scene to end on because it, it's, it's happy. They're obviously happy, <laughs> um, but there's kind of a somber energy to it too. That neither of them is smiling. It's very kind of somber, and and it, it sort of sets the stage for this isn't going to end well. Like this isn't going to go. This isn't going to go the way you think. You know, <laughs> this isn't going to. You know, and um, it when we when I was thinking a lot about because you had reached out to me, Brandon, and you, you had said, oh, I'm I was really interested in your thoughts on Annie Dolla. Do you want to come and, and do the podcast? And so I started thinking more about it in a, you know, in a way that, you know, because you can only fit so much in 60 seconds, you know, in a video on TikTok. And, exactly. Yeah. And when we're look when looking at it, I see a lot of comparisons to um, like, so if we're looking at the romances in Star Wars, they're all very different. All of the canonical romances are very different you know, just relationships, which is what makes them so interesting. Um, you know, uh, what's an, I mean, like Kylo Ren and Rey is very Hades and Persephone to me. It's very, you know, in The Force Awakens, he literally picks her up and takes her to the underworld. And it's very, there's a lot of yeah. really cool Greek, you know, motifs found there. And Anakin and Padme, to me, is Orpheus and, and Eurydice. It's this, because it, for, um, do I, Orpheus essentially, um, Eurydice dies, goes to the underworld. Orpheus goes to Hades, and he and he plays him. I think I think the story is. I don't know if he plays him a song in the myth. I mean, the myths are all they change all the time. Yeah. But Hades basically takes pity on him, and he's like, "Okay, fine. Look, you know, if you you and Eurydice can leave together, but if you look back at her, if you look back." to see that she's following you, she has to stay in the underworld forever. He goes, okay. And they go up the, and they're, they're descend, they're ascending uh, the underworld, getting back to earth. And at the last second, Orpheus's doubt overwhelms him and he turns and there's Eurydice. She's still there. She didn't leave him. And it just destroys their relationship. It's she's doomed to the underworld forever. And that is very, Anakin's doubt is what destroys his marriage. It's what, yeah you know, makes him, there's a lot of other aspects there too, but it is his doubt in Padme. It's his jealousy yeah. of Obi-Wan. It's his suspicious, you know, it's the idea that the Jedi are like, love and possession are the same thing. It's like, yeah. no, Clovis. they're not. Clovis. <laughs> to be honest. And you know, that's kind of, that's kind of, to, to add to that point, you're a hundred percent correct in that. It was, it was his doubt that, was the underlining factor that caused all those other toxic issues. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. without that one factor, without that doubt, then he probably wouldn't have been manipulative. He probably wouldn't have been controlling. He probably, all of those were factors that were based on his own fear of losing her. And he caused his own fears to come yeah. true, like many toxic relationships do. 
Yeah. And that's, that's precisely, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard. Cause Anakin too, like the way I've always thought to, and this also goes more into episode three, so I won't push there that too much, but Anakin, the best way I can describe Anakin Skywalker is he is, we see it. We see it in the Clone Wars. We see it, especially in the Clone Wars. And we see it in the prequels. Anakin is a good man, but he has a poisoned heart. It's, yeah. it's so sad to see this. One of my favorite mo like motifs ever, ever, I'm going to dip into the Clone Wars for just a second, is how Anakin is constantly, you know, being ridiculed as like, oh, you know, your feelings, your feelings are bad. Feelings control you. Don't trust your feelings. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you can't let go, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's framed consistently as this negative thing. And then Filoni and his genius gives us a moment in the Clone Wars where it's framed positively because that can be a positive thing yep. too. It's when Ahsoka is buried <laughs> under that rubble. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah. When, when Ahsoka is buried under that rubble and everyone is like, well, break for lunch. It's like, no, like Anakin, Anakin is, and I know it's, and I know it's not animated this way. Because they did here. Oh, well, my, my Padawan's gone. Okay. You know. uh, See you guys next Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I know it's not animated because they didn't have the money for it, but whenever I imagine Anakin going like, no, like I'm not letting go. I'm not abandoning her. Like there's that emotionality and that feeling and that inability to let go framed positively. It can be a good thing sometimes. And I always imagine like his hands bleeding as he's pulling these rocks off. And I know they're not, but I just always see, imagine that when I think of that scene and he loves her and he does love her, but it's just, he doesn't know how to exist outside of a conflict. They never had the opportunity to be a normal couple. Like it was always just th their marriage um, begins the Clone Wars and the destruction of their marriage ends the Clone Wars. It's this relationship that is just always weighted in conflict and he just doesn't know how to exist outside of that. And, and it's hard. It's again, it's a, it's a tough, line to walk and i admire george for really giving it a really decent you know kind of go at it so it's a great film i i love it i love the characters um yeah and it, and it only gets better because episode three i think is is the superior film but this is it's great you well, know if, if if i can add just a very small bit the the fact of what you know you mentioning those things that uh that Filoni took care of and and kind of made more prominent and right in the Clone Wars that was fully intended like I don't know if a lot of people know this but like it's not necessarily super common knowledge but Ahsoka was literally only created to be another reason that Anakin fell to the dark side because they realized that their portrayals in the Clone Wars that, I mean, don't get me wrong, she became so much more than that, but, like, the initial creation of the character was created simply for the idea of making sure that Anakin had a more believable descent to the dark side. Like, you know, Clone War spoilers here, obviously, but when she left the Order and, and left him alone, he was in the process of losing Padme. He was in the process of 
doubting Obi-Wan and, and he was struggling with all these things. And after all of that, his own little sister who he ba- who he raised and trained abandoned him and abandoned the order. And his, you know, it was, it was, it was completely meant to show that his attachments became his demise and his downfall because he put too much worth in those attachments and they were his identity. He had no identity outside of them. So he searched for it in the dark side. And that was when he fell. Uh, I mean, that was something that Lucas and Filoni both literally said in an interview that the idea for Ahsoka was to make Anakin's descent more believable. And I think they really did a good job on that because as good of a movie as, as good and necessary of a movie as the Clone Wars is, it, the fall and descent, the rapid switch that he has that hits in Revenge of the Sith does not seem very believable until you watch the Clone Wars yeah. and see how much really was teetering up, building up, and then crashing yeah. out from under him. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that, that brings just like uh, a multitude of, of thoughts uh, to me. Because yeah. for, for one, I, I get something because I'm someone that reads all the books and all the, and all this stuff, and I get told all the time, you shouldn't have to see other media in order to understand it. And you don't. You really, really don't. All of the content is there. It's in the film. It's all hinted at. But it's not... I address the... that all the time <laughs> in my content. And you already know that, buddy. You already yes. know. <laughs> I, I, I do. But it's hard to deny that watching the Clone Wars makes all of the prequels better. And if you Every can admit that, you can also admit Okay, maybe having other media gives more context to things, which gives them more weight. I think about in this and the scene I've alluded to several times already of you know Padme getting knocked out of the gunship, right? But this time, let's jump back to the gunship. Anakin's like, we got to go back for her. Stop. Drop this thing right now. Like he was about to lose his crap. And Obi-Wan's like, hey, what would Padme do? He's like, she would say to do her mission. And to me, like, that is so poignant because that is the start of of the relationship is understanding what a force for good she is. But in the end, like, where Anakin ends up, you know she would be pissed. She would have nothing to do with him if she knew anything that he did to try and keep her. Uh, And uh, again, I, 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 go ahead. I, I, I can't. This I can't. I, I can't stop laughing. So I just got to get this out here. But the, I saw one of the funniest memes ever, <laughs> and it's it's only relevant because you keep mentioning the gunship, and it was a meme that was centered on the gunship. She falls out of the gunship. Like the first frame is her falling out. The next frame is Anakin saying, "We have to go back. We have to get her." Then the next frame is, is Obi-Wan saying, Anakin, remember what I taught you. And the last frame is Anakin leaning out, looking out of the gunship, and it says, it's over, Padme. We have the high ground. <laughs> I was like, that is literally one of the funniest memes I've ever seen. It's so out of character entirely, but the, it's just, the flavor is immaculate. <laughs> No, I, 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 I love it. Um, 
this this movie has the same curse that all second films do of they are the setup they are a setup movie um and this one does an excellent job of that because in this film we understand the full and complete like you can watch this film and understand the full and complete political system of the republic at this time you you know um it's i don't know i I think i think it's a great film it gets flack because it doesn't have that same satisfying payoff because it's not meant to have that same satisfying payoff so i i just think that's something that's very important to understand and kind of you know let it go <laughs> yeah but I, I i love it and also thank you guys so much for, for joining me i i love these conversations like i learned so much from every single person mm-hmm. and like these different viewpoints and you know that's that's one of the things that i appreciate about we're such different people all of us have different yeah. histories backgrounds personalities uh, we're all from different parts of the country and, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it means that we all love the same thing, but we look at it differently. And I just, I just, I just like hearing about it. So thank you so much for, for joining me on this. I, I super appreciate it. Well, let, um, let, 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 let me give you a thank you, man. Because yes! with, yes, thank with, you. This, with this <laughs> community having so much toxicity, it is amazing to be able to find groups who can gather together and have conversations like these and not be at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we have all been able to like to find each other and and more everyone, literally everybody that I know that you have featured on these has been people that I'm like, I, I feel safe with my opinions around you, even if they differ, differ because I know you're not going to come at my throat like I'm not a real fan because I think something a little different. And being able to find a positive and accepting home in the Star Wars fandom is a near impossible and super daunting task. But you hosting events like this really, really helps. And I will be more than willing to join in on anyone that you ask me to join in yes! on because it's so much fun. And dude, you're killing it. You are an amazing yes. host. Oh, I was looking forward to this all week. Like I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I cannot wait to do this. This is so exciting. And uh, this is my first podcast anything. I mean, I've listened to a ton of them, but my first doing anything. So thank you for inviting all of us on to do this. This is so fun. Uh, and for anyone that uh, did enjoy this uh, next week we're going to be talking Ahsoka uh, specifically which is awesome one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite people in all of Star Wars so that is awesome yeah, we already know how I feel about that character yeah, about <laughs> Kevin's like on this one holy uh, yeah <laughs> he, he, he is on it yes, yes. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> He's demanded Spoiler it. Alert. Yeah. He's Spoiler like, no, I'm, I'm going to be on that episode, all right? Like, <laughs> but yeah. Alert. I was already invited to join again next week. Yeah. <laughs> For but, that very reason. 
for 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 anyone like whenever I my my most of my content goes up on TikTok, and I see people who make content and what they like, and if what they love is something I'm going to be talking about, I I want them on there, especially if you're non-toxic. We benefit from having voices that are positive in our community, and I love talking to them. This is why I even started making content. So. I, I love it so much. Thank you all for, for joining me. Again, this has been Thank the you. High Ground Podcast. Uh, but let's go around real quick and let everyone know where they can find you. So, uh, Connor? Uh, yeah, so my TikTok is, it's just my name. It's at Connor Fahey, C-O-N-N-O-R-F-A-H-I-E. I'm working on a YouTube. Um, also going to make an Instagram page soon. Awesome. I look forward to that. And I'll put the links uh, for everyone below and let me know when you get that, uh, that Instagram link. Uh, Kevin? Uh, my TikTok username and Instagram username are the same. Uh, those are really the only two medias that I'm using right now. Um, it is at a underscore dude underscore named underscore Kev. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, it's the same on both of them. A dude named Kev. That would be that would be me. I am, uh, in fact, a dude who is named Kev. <laughs> Real quick, super is there, original, right? Is there any other project that you're working on that may show up in November, roughly? Oh yeah, yeah. I to be honest, uh, you're probably more equipped to talk about it than I am because I I haven't been announced. I don't know that I can. <laughs> okay, well then. Then we'll we'll uh we'll, we'll let that be as is. I <laughs> maybe we should come back to that next week because I just recently joined. I only joined on a couple couple days ago, but I know that in November, uh, we're doing a live stream charity event. I believe it's on Twitch, but I'm not entirely 100 percent sure. Uh, because again, I haven't got all the details yet. But it's for a charity organization called uh, Extra Life. And it is for raising charity money for children's hospitals. Yeah. And we'll be doing a full 24-hour live stream with a large group of uh, Star Wars creators. All just having a blast doing what we can. So, mm -hmm. And uh, I can neither confirm nor deny, but uh, there are people being announced. Uh, if I get announced. Uh, I'll, I'll put it here. But thank you so much, Kev. Uh, Marilu, where can we find you? Um, I am at Miss Eggy on TikTok. It's just Miss as in MS as if I'm single. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know really. <laughs> I should maybe change that. Um, to, I mean, to be fair, I kept, I just kept my name just because I'm lazy. So yes. yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny. I, I tell people, they're like, did you take your husband's name? I'm like, no. And they're like, why? For some sort of, some reason. I'm like, nah, it costs money and it takes like a really long time. <laughs> like, I just don't know. Um, so I'm at Miss Eggy and it's Eggy, E-G-G-Y at uh, TikTok. That's where I post most of my content. And I'm also on Instagram at Miss Eggy 28. Um, I don't post that much stuff there, but I do post much, like stuff on my stories. But if you uh, want to come and cry with me about the Skywalker men, just come to my TikTok. <laughs> I do that daily. I just like, we'll put, like make videos at 3 a.m. and be like, let me just 
get this off my chest. Like just be crying <laughs> about Luke or Anakin or Ben. I don't know. It's all the, they're the same. There's all idiots, but they're adorable. So that's where I am. I, I can attest to the fact that it is a hundred percent prime content all the time. Oh my God, Kevin! Kevin! For Thank sure. you. For sure. Your stuff is great. It, it kills you. me every it is time. Awesome. I laugh Thank so you. hard at your content. It is some of the best stuff ever. So, 